Welcome to the City View Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Welcome to City View Church, the perfect place for imperfect people. And I'm so glad God welcomes imperfect people into a place like, into his holy presence. Um, because if he didn't, then I sure wouldn't be able to be here right now. And I'm thankful that he is a loving God who's so full of grace and so full of love for us. But welcome to City View. My name is Jeremiah. I'm the pastor here. If this is your first time, I want to say welcome. Good morning. If I didn't get to meet you, I'm sorry. You had a mask on. I couldn't tell you were new. Um, um, But masks are an interesting thing that we live in today. Um, But it is the day we live in, isn't it? Today we're starting a new series. This is a series, uh, Jared and I, as we were talking about some things, uh, I don't know, months ago now, um, about just things and all that that we're going through, and we, we came up with this idea for a series back in probably April um, called the Beautiful, A Beautiful Reset. Because that's sort of, I feel like what, what's been going on in our, in our lives and in our communities and all that's happening around us. And we, we can make a choice whether we want to enter into a beautiful reset or we, whether we want to see all the good things that, are, that God could have been doing during this time and acknowledge that there was good in it. Or we could be grumpy, negative, depressed, hate it, not want anything about it. And then we really, our reset was more into the negative state. So we have a choice on that. But, but as we go through the series, here's what we're going to be looking at. We're going to be looking at Romans chapter 12. And we're, in, in Romans chapter 12, we could spend a year or plus in that one chapter of the book of Romans. But here's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at resetting our mind, resetting our identity, resetting our values and priorities, resetting our perspective, and resetting our actions. And as I was reading through Romans 12, I just realized there's so much that God wants to reset in our lives. And I can't think of a better reset story than the one I want to tell you. I'm a crier if this is your first time and you don't like it when people cry. Um, you're going to hate me a lot. I'll just be real. <clears throat> I can be tough and a jerk and I can cry all in the same matter of a few sentences. <clears throat> but, so, back on February 23rd, we had a night in here, our vision night. of saying, God, is this really where you want us to be? Is this, is this the home that you want us to have? Um, so we prayed that night. And that night, I had everyone that was here write names on cards. And here's those cards right here. They're right here. And I said, I want you to write a name on a, I want you to write a name of a person that you want to see their lives come to know Jesus. That's what I want you to say. I want you to write those names. So if, if I could have Tiffany and Jasmine to come up to the stage real quick. I'm not going to have you guys say anything. I just want to introduce you. So Jasmine wrote Tiffany's name on a card. This right here. So I'll tell your story. So Jasmine's daughter... Peyton's best friend is Madison right here. Madison, do you want to come up here? You can come on up. So Madison's been telling her mom and dad, hey, you guys need to come to church. You need to come to church. You need to come to church. You need to come to church. They hadn't come to church, okay? So then, February 23rd, Jasmine writes Tiffany's name down on this card, okay? And then we start praying. I'm praying through every name. And then over COVID, Easter Sunday... 
Timothy says, I want to follow Jesus with my life. She makes a decision. You give it up for that. Life change. We celebrate it. Then Tiffany and Jason, they said, hey, we want to take Discover. They go into Discover. And then guess who gives their life to the Lord next? Jason does. And then they say, we want to get baptized. And right here, I think there's going to be a picture right here. Is there? Maybe. Right there, Tiffany gets baptized. I can't think of a better reset story than that. And all it took was Jasmine writing and praying for a person. One name. And I have it right here. We could cross it off, but why would we do that? Jesus doesn't cross off names unless you're not going to heaven. Um, So I can't think of a better reset story than that. And now Tiffany is in the women's Bible study. Tiffany is serving on one of our teams. Because our heart as a church is we want to help people belong in community, believe in Jesus, and become who God is calling them to be. That is our heart and that is our mission. And we're seeing that happen even over COVID. Give it up. I love you guys. Thank you so much. That's a reset story. That's a reset story that is amazing on all levels, and I love that story. And God wants to reset our lives. And I know we all are at different places. Maybe some of us, we don't know who Jesus is, and our reset is going to be coming to know him. Maybe our reset story is is the things that God wants to work in our lives and change in our hearts and help us to become more of who God is calling us to be. And maybe that's you. Maybe your reset story is getting baptized. We have baptism coming up August 23rd. Thank you. August 23rd, um, maybe you, that's your reset story. Maybe you want to get baptized. You're like, how are we going to do it here? I, I don't, maybe right there or over there with our baptismal. I don't know. One of these spaces, maybe outside, I don't really know yet. We haven't thought that all the way through, but we, we know we're having a baptism on August 23rd. Um, so maybe that's your reset. Maybe that's your next step. But o- over the next few weeks, as we go through Romans 12, we're going to be looking at resetting our lives as people. And I know that some of you, you don't know Jesus. But I believe that the mighty Jesus we, saw, we sang about that rattled the grave wants to rattle your life in a way you could never imagine or think. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. God, I thank you, God, that you are doing great and awesome things throughout our valley. Lord, I thank you that it's not just here at City View, Lord, but you're moving at churches all over, whether it is Relentless Church, Cross Church, um, uh, uh, Calvary Chapel, Calvary Community Church, CCV. Lord, God, you're moving in Desert City and Heritage. Lord, you're moving in our valley. God, you're moving here. God, I ask that you would speak to us and encourage us now in your word. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, if you have a child in here and you're worried that they're going to make too much noise, please don't worry. Don't be stressed or anything. It's not going to bother me. I don't want you to feel stressed at all as a parent that they're going to be too noisy because I don't care. And if somebody cares around you, they can go somewhere else. Because this is the place where all people belong. Right now, we don't have children's ministry. Um, And so 
don't feel any pressure to keep your kid quiet. My, I remember my grandma, I went to her little Baptist church growing up as a kid. And I don't know how many mints and cough drops I ate every Sunday. Can't be good for a kid, but I grew up fine. <clears throat> I'm addicted to them, but I think I'm fine. Um, no, but please don't worry. I just want to ease that. If you're a parent here and you have your kids and they're wiggly, it's totally fine. I did seventh, I did junior high for eight years. If you can do junior high for one, you can handle anything. So just take that pressure. Now into the word. <clears throat> so there was a lot of resetting lately in our lives, and, and, and a lot of resetting as we just evaluate and look at things. And for me, I, I was even thinking about, like, I was driving down some sports fields over at CCB the other night, took my boys fishing. We caught nothing. We almost got bit by a rattlesnake. Um, that's fun. And, uh, but then we were driving, and I drove by their big sports fields over on 67th and Happy Valley, and I was like, man, I miss sports. I just do. I miss watching my boys have fun. I just miss that. But in this time, it's allowed our family to reset and to pause for a moment and to really look at that and evaluate that and realize how valuable even that pause is. And as Paul writes this book of Romans, he's writing this letter to these Christians about resetting their lives, about reevaluating, helping them realize who they are in Jesus and helping them realize how much Jesus wants to do in and through him. And as he wrote this letter to this group of Christians, the Romans in this time, the people in Rome, times weren't terrible yet. Nero, the king, the emperor that we hear about, he, he, he was just, he had just sort of been put in as the king, as the emperor, and he's not psycho yet. He hasn't turned into the psycho guy. They have about six years before he comes the psycho Nero that's going to light his gardens with Christians. That soon is going to happen in about six years, but right now he's sort of okay it's not bad for Christians. They're living in this place, but as God puts on Paul's heart to write Romans, God knows hard times are going to come. God knows it's not always going to be easy to be a Christian. And at this moment, as he's writing this letter, the church had become comfortable. And I think we live in a time right now where the church is comfortable. I think we live in a time right now where we as Christians, we become comfortable in what we do. It's easy. Sundays are easy. Church is easy. And then the last few months, it's, it's sort of shaken us a bit, hasn't it? And what's sad is I see some Christians and some believers go away, I never thought, become so negative, so mean, so ugly, and so nasty in who they are and what they do and how they believe and what they post. It's become this ugly thing. And, and you, see, you see this on both sides. I'm not talking about one side or another. I'm talking about mask wearers and no mask wearers. I'm not talking about COVID and whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in everything. It, it's just become this ugly thing where we're fighting. And I, I look at the times, and it's definitely not drawing Christians together. And I, I just am thinking, what would happen if times were really bad? What would happen if times were, were I mean, right now it's just a virus that it, it's, it, we're watching it just take and not be as bad right now. We're seeing people are getting better, easier and easier. We're seeing that happen. But, but what if we lived in a time where the Christian church was actually persecuted and churches had to close down because some government said, you can't be in there. What would happen? 
And so God is preparing his church, and I think we've lost sight on what is important. We, we try to make our faith something that we, we are comfortable with, and, and we want Christ, the, our Christian life to be something that is convenient and fits our comfortability, comfortable level, but that doesn't work in hard times. What if what God wants to reset this year is the church? Why we do what we do and why we live the way we live and who we live for? What if, what if that's what Jesus wants to reset? I think we have allowed the next few weeks to really work on our heart. If we allow God to reset our mind and reset our values and priorities, if we let him to reset those things that we're going to go over, I think God has something radical he wants to do in you, through you, to impact the world around you, if you let him. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Man, there is so much in verse 1. So much. I'm going to unpack it a little. Paul here, he's coming to the end of his letter. He, this, there's 16 chapters, and each chapter is just a, a page of the letter. Okay? And he's writing it to these believers. And he is wanting the, the, them to catch the vision of what God wants for their life. Have you ever had that? To where you see so much value and potential in somebody's life, and you just want them to catch the vision of that value that God has. Have you ever seen that? Maybe, maybe you're a coach, and you see so much potential in somebody's life. You see it in their life, but they can't see it themselves. Maybe you're a teacher, and you see the potential in a young person's life. Maybe you're at work, and you see you have this new person at work, and you know they're not living up to what, who they could be, and you see that potential. Have you ever seen that in somebody's life? You see the potential, but they're not willing to take that step to enter into it. Have you ever been there? That's what Paul sees in this Christian church. He sees the potential of who they could be. And then what does he do? He says, I urge you, I beg you, I plead with you. Have you ever done that with somebody? You know they're going down a path they're going to regret. And have you ever had that intervention, that, that begging and pleading with them? I know there's so much more to your life than you could ever imagine or dream. Have you ever had that? Parents have that with their kids all the time. And I know we have that. If, you're, if you work with young people, you, you have those conversations where you're urging people to live this different life. And that's what Paul's doing. He's urging them to live. He's pleading with them. He's begging with them to live a different life, to live the new life that God has for them. Because Paul knows that not only does Jesus make your life better, but he makes you better at life. Paul knows that. Paul knows that not only does Jesus make your life better, but Jesus makes you better at living life. It's not my quote. I totally stole that from Andy Stanley. But it sounds really good, doesn't it? It's so true. So Paul says, I urge you, I plead with you, I beg with you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice because of the great mercies of God. He says, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God. Because of how great God's mercy is. And man, as I think about God's mercy, I was talking to the guys in the office. and Just when you look at the Old Testament... You look at, there's a guy, Judah, who's in the lineage of Jesus, who sleeps with his ex-daughter-in-law, doesn't know it at the time because he's drunk, has a child with her who's in the lineage of Jesus. Okay? It's pretty messed up, right? And, and then you have, like, Jacob, 
this guy Jacob, who gets married to a lady named Leah, but he wants Rachel, um, but he doesn't realize it's Leah that, and so now, and then later on, it's a whole story, but he ends up having like four wives and his children with all four of them throughout the same time frame. Like they're all in the same home. And one of those children are in the lineage of Jesus. And, and then you have this lady, Rahab, who was a prostitute, who marries a guy of the people of Israel, who becomes one of those in the lineage of Jesus. And I look at Jesus' lineage, and I look at his history and his family timeline, and I don't know if you have a, a, a dysfunctional family, but Jesus had a very dysfunctional family. And I look at the mercies of God. And Jared and I were talking about, man, I think God has more grace and more mercy than we could ever imagine or think. And we don't give ourselves enough grace and mercy. Because I look at my life and I know I can be a jerk. I mean, just a few weeks ago, I was building a shed in my backyard. Actually, the whole weekend, I was really mean to my wife. And it's, a lot of it came from me. Not, have you ever not communicated clear enough to somebody and you get frustrated because they don't get what you want? You're like, I just want you to do that thing over there with that thing. And then they go and do it. And you're like, not that thing, the other thing. Well, if you would have just said, move the chair over there, that would have been helpful. I thought if I said that thing over there to that thing, you would have got it. It was those kind of arguments. And I was a complete jerk. But by the great mercies of Laramie. So when Paul says, I urge you, and he's there, and if anybody says, but why should I do it? Because of the great mercies of God. To present your lives a living and holy sacrifice. To present means to offer up or to put oneself at disposable to say, okay, God, here's my life. God, here's my life. Use it how you want. You see, each and every day we are presenting our lives to something. Each and every day you are presenting your lives, whether it's to social media, to a boyfriend or a girlfriend, to your workplace, to the news, to something. You are presenting your life as a living sacrifice to something every single day. Is that thing you're presenting your life to worth it? Or is it taking advantage of you and you're, you're, it's ruining your life every day, little by little? See, so Paul, he knows that the church is presenting their lives to things they shouldn't. And so he begs with them. He pleads with them. Please stop presenting your lives to things that aren't worth it. Present your lives to God. And he says, because this is how you worship him. This is how you worship and then he says in verse 2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. He says, do not be conformed, be conformed. It, it refers to the act of assuming an, an outward expression that does not match who you are on the inside. That's conforming. Conforming is, is making your outside look like something else that your inside looks nothing like. I, I read this article this week about how so many people's social media person is not their real person. What, what we say on social media, what we post. Now, I'm not talking about the fun pictures and all that. I'm talking about, you know, the stuff that people post. You're like, would you ever say that to my face? You know what I'm talking about? Because some of us, we become... Very bold, very out, outrageous, and very, I don't even know what you want to call it on, on social media, on these other platforms. And, and we do that with our, our, our own 
facade sometimes too. We become something on the outside that we aren't on the inside. They don't match. And Paul says, do not be conformed. Do not be conformed. It has the idea of the word conform. Actually, it talks about putting on a mask. It says, Paul is actually saying, do not masquerade around. I'm not, I'm not trying to make a political statement or a mask statement. This is, I picked Romans 12 before masks became a cool thing to do. Um, and, and so Paul says, do not masquerade around. He says, take off the mask. That's what Paul is saying. Take off the mask. Do not be conformed to this world. And when he talks about the world, he's talking about do not be conformed to the thoughts of this world, the hopes of this world, the the opinions of this world, the speculations of this world, the aspirations of this world, or whatever is trending at the time in this world. He says, do not be conformed to those things, but be transformed. You see, when we are conformed to this world, it is like putting a, a cover or, or like, so, if I had a light up here, I don't. I, online, you, you'd see sort of the mental picture. It, it would be like putting a, a, a cover over a light and dimming the light down. When he says, do not be conformed, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. When we are conformed, it, it has this idea of covering up who you really are. He says, do not be conformed, but be transformed. To be transformed means to change the outside so that it matches the inside. Transform to the person that God has made you by the mercies of God. But this isn't comfortable. Being transformed, being changed is not comfortable. If you can picture with me a, a, a caterpillar that creates a chrysalis that has to break out of that chrysalis And if you help it, it will never become the butterfly it's meant to be. Did you know that? If you help that butterfly break out, if you help peel the chrysalis away because you're looking at it going, but it's struggling, it's having a hard time, it's not going to make it, I need to open it, I'm going to cut it, I'm going to give it some, a little more space. You see, if you did that, its wings will never form because part of coming out of that, it is opening up the veins and the blood that needs to flow in the wings. That pressure of it becoming is all part of the the, the tension and, and the hard time it's going to go through. So when God says, be transformed, he's not saying it's going to be easy. It's going to be hard. Sometimes it hurts. But it's always worth it. And he says, be transformed. But how? How can we become the new person God wants us to be? Paul says, by the renewing of your mind. Does anybody in here other than myself struggle with where your mind goes sometimes? Okay, I want each of you to share one story, your worst story. I'm kidding. I won't even share mine. But I have stories. Uh, There is a situation where... But my mind is, can be so mean sometimes. And sometimes I get so frustrated that my mind has not been transformed. Because I've been walking with the Lord. Man, I probably gave my life to the Lord when I was like five. I'm, I'm 25. No, I'm kidding. I'm 41. So a long time ago. But I'm nowhere near where I want to be. 
But as I was researching it and looking more into how do we, how do we reset our minds, I found an amazing article. And I'm going to give you three of the seven steps. Seven steps. That this author's name is Pastor Vladimir. Um, I'm not even going to try to attempt to say his last name. He's in Washington that he writes. Throughout this week, if you have our app and you have them turned on, we are going to give you one of those steps each and every day. So make sure you turn on app notifications. We're going to give you every single step. I'm only giving you three today. So if you want the other four, you've got to sign up to get them. Like, that's not fair. I'm like, that's just the time limit I have. Number one, the first step of resetting our mind. How do we do that? Stop waiting for the miraculous to reset your mind. You know, there's so many people that are addicted to all these different things. Or you, you want to become, you're addicted to, I, I could be anything, alcohol, pornography, smoking, all these different things. You're like, I just want to give it away. God, I just want you to stop it. God, will you just stop it? You just want the miraculous to happen. Have you ever known that? Have you ever been that person? You're like, God, I just want this to go away. Just make it miraculously stop. It doesn't work that way. Sometimes, yes. But you see, sometimes what we need to do is we need to get rid of the chaos that's in our mind by filling it with God's word, by filling it with the things of God. This Friday, um, I'm going to be releasing on YouTube a three-part discussion talk that Jared and I had all about hearing the voice of God. So you'll find it on YouTube. We're releasing it this Friday. All about that and, and filling our lives. You see, renewing our mind will never work if we believe a lie like this. The reason why my mind is so negative is because my life is so hard. Have you ever heard somebody say that? The reason why my mind is so negative is because my life is really hard. And then the, the, the pastor wrote this. But have you ever thought that maybe the reason your life is hard is because your mind is so negative? And so maybe something we need to do is start changing where our mind goes. Start capturing those thoughts before they go places we don't want to go. You see, God wants us to do some practical things and we're going to each of these steps helps us become more practical in this resetting our mind the second step what you feed your mind with becomes a mindset a mindset is impossible to change without changing what your mind is filled with typically when you hear the truth about breaking strongholds or renewing of the mind we get busy trying to change our mindset we quickly learn that it's not an easy task the only way to change your default and automatic thinking is by filling your conscious mind with new information of God's truth are you treating your mind like a trash can or are you treating it like a refrigerator that's what are you filling your mind with you see a refrigerator, a trash can, what do you put in it? You put in it broken, dead, nasty things, right? That's what you put in it. You put, you put nasty stuff in your trash can, old, dead, nasty stuff. But what do you put in a refrigerator? New, fresh, living things, good things, nutritious things. You don't take that old rotten fruit that you see and you're like, oh man, this might ruin all the rest of the apples, but eh, I'm too busy. I'm going to put that back in my fridge. You don't do that. You take it out. 
You see, when we want to reset our mind, we have to evaluate, what are we filling our mind with? What is our mind set on? What are you filling with? Are you filling with social media, news, negativity, people you shouldn't around you? What are you filling it with? Maybe you're going, and I'm not, Jeremiah, my, my thoughts even when I go to bed are negative. The other night this week, I, I, I just, my thoughts were so bad. They were just going everywhere. This, man, leading a church, and I love all of you, and I know you guys have been praying for me, and I can feel it. But let me tell you, there's a lot of pressure for pastors in the valley right now, all over the U.S. Pray for your pastors. We've got some in here right now that are at other churches, and they're under the same stress that I'm under. Just going, God, how do we do this? Because no matter what we do, people aren't going to like you. And that's just, that's a reality. Let you guys know, no matter what decision I make, somebody's going to be mad at me. Either I'm not harsh enough, or I'm too light, or I'm too this, or I'm too that, or opening too soon, or open too late, or who, who knows? It's only, you're, we're only five and a half feet away. We should be seven and a half. Who, it's so many things. It's like the pressure is like, okay, God. But it's nowhere near the pressure he was under. So I was going to bed one night, and I could not sleep. And I probably had been scrolling through social media, which you should never do before bed. And then, as my mind was racing, I was like, God, I can't. And I just started praying. Just praying, refocusing my mind on prayer. That helps me at night. Just to refocus my mind, start praying. And it's amazing. I fell asleep praying. And I can't tell you how many times I've fallen asleep praying. praying and when I wake up, I wake up praying. It's a weird thing. It's like you wake up in the middle of doing what you went to bed doing. I encourage you, if you can't sleep, maybe you need to reevaluate what you're putting in that's keeping you from doing it. And there are some things that it's just a problem. And that's a reality. Sleeping can be a problem. The third step is celebrate the process. It takes time to have your mind reset. Celebrate the little victories. Can you imagine God after the third day of creating the heavens and the earth? If after the third day he's like, dang it, I have so much left to do. Oh, heaven looks so beautiful and earth, all I've done is I've made the sun and water and a couple birds. Oh, Earth is nothing compared to heaven. Can you imagine the pressure God could have been under if he didn't celebrate the small victories? What did God do at the end of each day? He said, it was good, day one. Was it as good as heaven? It was good to God. At the end of day two, what did he say? It was good. At the end of day three, it was good. At the end, all the way to the last day, and then he said, it is very good. God celebrated the little victories, and I think he does that for us so that we can celebrate the little victories in our life. If you're always comparing yourself to the Joneses or the person next door, you're looking going, man, but their grass is so green. Look at how beautiful their grass is. You know what you can say? Because what the devil wants to do is he wants to get in and say, yeah, look at what they have. Look at how far they've come in Jesus. Look at their mind. I'll bet they don't think anything like that. I'll bet they don't do anything like that. And then, and then when those, those temptations of saying, but your gra their grass is way greener than yours. And you say, you know what, devil? You're right. Their grass is greener. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to mow my lawn. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fertilize my grass. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to water my lawn. Because I know mine can be green too. I just got to put the work in so I can become the person that God wants to be, me to be. So what does it look like? I'm going to start praying more. I'm going to start reading more. I'm going to surround myself.
surround myself with people that are going to encourage and lift me up. I'm going to join a Bible study. I'm going to serve. I'm going to get plugged into the church so that I can become the person that God's calling me to be. That's, if you want a mind and a heart change, what are you surrounding yourself with? Are you celebrating the simple, small things that God is doing in your life? Because if you're not celebrating the small victories, then you know what? Comparing will always lead to complaining. It will always lead to complaining. But God wants to renew your mind. And it says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, when we renew our mind, it tells us that God is going to complete what he started in your life. So as we all go on this journey, because I'm on this journey with you, my mind is constantly being reset. It's a renewal. It's, it's a, my mind is under construction. So as we're all on this journey together, let's be patient with one another. Let's love one another. And let's see what God wants to do in and through each of our lives. Because I know if, if, if we, as we continue to come back each and every week, and if you guys take time and start putting in, put reading God's word, allowing God's word to impact your life, I believe that not only will Jesus make your life better, but I believe he will make you better at life. Because I believe God wants to do something big in his church. Not just City View. I'm talking about Capital C Church. The church all around. My heart is the churches in Phoenix. Because I believe revival is going to start. And I believe we're seeing it. One life, one person at a time. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. God, I thank you so much that you want to do great and awesome things in our life. And God, I ask that you would speak to our hearts those things you want to work on. God, that you would mold in us the new creation you want us to be. Lord, that you would transform us. Make us into the godly men and women, Lord, you've called us to be. And maybe you're in here today, and this is your first time to church. Maybe you, you heard that story, and you're like, I want a life change like Tiffany. There were lots of names written on these pews that Sunday night. I'm sure your name was written on one of these, these seats. And you might say, but nobody knows me. God does. And God has a life for you that you can never imagine or think. So if you would like to have a reset on life, you can say, but man, you don't know my past. I shared with you some of Jesus' family past. You can't have a more messed up life than his family. He had a good life. His family, they were messed up. But you don't know what I've done. Jesus has murderers that were his family members, adulterers that were his family members. If Jesus can forgive them, he can forgive you. He can reset your life and make it a life worth living. So if that's you, pray with me right now. Say, dear God, God, I want to reset. God, I believe that your son Jesus died on a cross for me. I believe that he conquered death. And he rose again. God, I believe that you can forgive me. And I ask 
that you would forgive me now. Jesus, reset my life. And it's in your son's name I pray. Thank you for joining us today. For up-to-date series information, find us on social media at CityViewPHX or go to cityviewphx.com.